Cookers, this is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from the heart of Manhattan at Rockefeller Center, Newsstand Studios, New York City. Joined as usual with uh, John, standing behind me. How you doing? Doing great, thanks. Yeah, everything good? Yeah, everything's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got uh, Joe Hazen rocking the panels over here. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Full house. Good. Full house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, up in the upper, upper, upper westy west west, we got Quinn holding it down. How you doing? Hey. Everything good? Good. Yeah? We got hey. uh, Mr. Molecules with us today. Yes, sir. Hey, how Jack. How you doing? Where are you? Where are you today? Back in L.A. Ah, you love L.A. You love it. You happy to be back home? I do. I am. I'm. Yeah, having a great time back here. You sound like you're having a great time. You sound freaking I overjoyed. My, girl, my girlfriend's in town, so I'm actually very happy. The Merlot drinker or a different one? <laughs> Just messing no. with you, Dave. Just no. <laughs> messing with you, Dave. A good girlfriend. <laughs> oh. Snap. Uh, and, of course, last but certainly not least, Nastasia the Hammer Lopez. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. You're also uh, over there on the other coast? No, I'm in Connecticut right now. Oh, you're in Connecticut? All right. Good, good. We're, 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 I, like, I like us to be East Coast heavy. I like, I like us to weigh down on the East Coast side. So that's, it's good. Good. Nice. Nice to have you back. Um, today's uh, special guest is, of course, the one, the only, the burger scholar, George Motes. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? Doing Th- well. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks for coming on. Coming on to, because uh, you have a re-release of your The Great American Burger book, and, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's we, extended, uh, revised everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, cl- we clowned you a little bit last week by because my wife like was like, The Great American Burger book from the guy that wrote... Like the what was the what was the other one called Hamburger America? Hamburger America, yeah. which was based on the documentary, I guess, right? Exactly. And I was like, maybe the guy likes burgers. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, he, no, no, he does not. But uh, this is the portion of the show where we just shoot the breeze a little bit about uh, anything we've had last week. So, if you had anything interesting to eat or uh, any culinary adventures in the past week, ooh, yeah. I mean, I just went to the uh, what did I just? I just did the uh, friends and family for Rushioli, the new uh, that's opening up downtown. He's yeah. nodding over there. I see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't think I'm not allowed to talk about that. I don't think because it was a super, super private, super secret party. Well, you probably can't say anything about it, but you could say whether you had a good time. Or well, I had a great time. All right, there you go. There you go. <laughs> the food was fantastic, and the wine was even better. Put no. it that way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wow. So, so that, you're, that so was you're, last night. Yeah. Now the chef's mad. Now- <laughs> <laughs> hey, the food was good, but the wine better. <laughs> I eat I so much food. I eat everything. I ate hot dogs. I was in Maine last week eating lobster rolls. Oh yeah, we were, uh, we were just before talking you came about on this. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. But you had a hot lobster roll in Maine. Thank Christ. Yeah. Thank God. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I Thank either keep, one. Keep, keep, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right. You know, I'm a fan of the hot. I'm a fan of the hot butter only. I, first of all, let me just say this. I love mayonnaise. Yeah. Like I love. No, I, I think mayonnaise is one of the greatest inventions in food. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. I'll tell you yeah, right yeah. now, just yeah. off, off, the, off the top. At I mean, my last bar, we had a mayonnaise program where we, we all different kinds of flavored mayonnaise. Oh, awesome. And, you know, we're going to talk about it later. I probably ad nauseum, but, like, I'm fine with the Thousand Island alikes, but there are many other mayonnaise variants on Earth to make other than just ketchup, mayo, and some chopped up pickles, right? Exactly, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you can do go anywhere with, with I mean, as long as you have a mayo base, and you have a mayo-based sauce, you're going anywhere, really. That's right. And because, Or just mayo. Because you know what mayo is? <laughs> mayo is the oil that you can spread. Exactly. I mean, when exactly. you go to a fry shop in Belgium, you got like 50 different types of mayo you can oh put my God. on there. Yeah. It's so good. That Michelin star dude in, uh, in, in yeah, Ghent, I forget the dude's name, fries. but his mayo program is, is great, and his fries are super on super point. Good. No one should say that they know about French fries unless they go 
to Belgium and just eat around at some of the best fry shops there. Because it's kind of like saying you grew up in an area that only used Mr. Coffee's to make coffee. You're like, I know everything there is to know about coffee. I know what it should taste like. Yeah. I know. What else is there to know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, That's true. I'm, yeah. I'm, not even, I'm not even a fry guy. For a, I'm a hamburger guy, but I'm definitely not a fry guy. I have not had enough good fries in my life to say that I like fries. Put it that way. Yeah. You know who doesn't like fries? Who? Nastasia. <laughs> she do you did you I'm you, with her. Did you used to like them but you hated them because I liked them so much, Stas, or what? No, I, I don't hate them. I just don't like to order them. There That's you go. the point. What about rings? No. Mm. <laughs> do you know what there's a recipe for in this book? Is the the basket rings. Well, I don't know what you call them. You call them something else. The basket of rings, like they used to get at like old steakhouses where it's just a little bit of flour, super finely shredded mm. and like fried and like Real greasy and piled high. An onion fried nest. Basically. Yeah, 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 I love that. Yeah. Oh, I do too. I it's a great that. way to use leftover onions. Throw them in some batter. Throw them in not even batter. Just you just uh, uh, bread them or fl- uh, flour them. I think in the book I have it yeah, floured yeah. into oil. Done. Yeah, that used to be something that you got more. I feel like that's something that kind of went by the wayside. Yeah. That's very true. Unfortunately, I think it, it screwed up a lot of fryers, and you had to have a dedicated fryer just for that in the kitchen, unless you were really selling a lot, like say, like the Palm Steakhouse. You did. There's no reason to actually keep keep those on the menu. I don't think Tony Romas. Tony uh, Romas. Oh, they, they, they trade. Do you know? I've, I've never been to a Tony Romas. I, yeah, I have. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> they do. They had. They had the first old uh, onions. I forgot about. Where that. are they in the pantheon of chain uh, chain kind of steaky meaty restaurants? I'm not going to comment on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Just say I went. Are they like above a Tad's? Oh, Tad. remember Tad's Steaks? I do. Are they still around now? I do They're not gone. believe so. Oh. Yeah. I never could go in because, you know, over near Times Square, I was like, this is dicey. No, Tad, Tad's was horrible. I mean, they, were, they served a purpose, but they were not, I mean, they were, you know. They're like, they're like a giant one millimeter thick steak, two bucks. You're yeah. like, what? <laughs> that can't like, be possible. I don't, yeah, no, no. I used to go to Fresca Tortilla next door because their meat, their like beef, uh, they, they made those fresh flour tortillas. You ever go to a Fresca Tortilla? No. Oh my God! They were—I forget the nationality of the people who had it. They were not—they uh, were not of Mexican extraction, but they had worked at a place and kind of got into this kind of fresh flour tortilla machine. Huh. And so they had this thing that was churning out fresh, fresh flour tortillas, and then they would just make like this, like a uh, like steak mix that went in it, and that was like the lunch for Ooh. two bucks in the nineties. Like uh, in the I, you know, I lived in that kind of Times Squarey kind of area. And uh, yeah, and they, there was a Tad's right near it, and I was like, "No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Fresco Tortilla, and you know, always a line, always fast, always hmm. delicious." Yeah. How about oh, Blarney Stone? Remember the Blarney Stone? Oh yeah, I never used to go, but I yes. Oh yeah, those yeah, are yeah, good. Yeah. Those yeah. are good. Just a bunch of boiled meats out in the middle of the room. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Boiled. <laughs> well, we're gonna get into boiled meats a little bit later in the uh, in the program. So uh, what about what about you guys? Uh, what about uh, what about on the West Coast? Anything interesting happen in the past uh, week culinarily, uh, either in Vancouver Island or uh, in L.A.? For me, uh, not burger related, but I am cooking my way through the Szechuan cookbook by Fuchsia Dunlap. Uh, she, the, uh, you know, we should have if, she, if she's ever in New York, we should have her on the show. She's a friend of Harold McGee, and her work is just really good. You know. Oh man, the recipes are good too. We made this um, dry, this numbing and hot dried beef, which was very complicated but worth it. How, it came out well. Yeah, you know, like boil it twice and blanch it and deep fry it and then cook it in its own um, stock mm. from earlier. 
It takes forever, but it was damn good. So when you said cooking your way through, you've now put the song Working My Way Back to You, Babe, in my head. <laughs> and all I can think is the burning love inside. And that's all I'm going to be able to think of for the entire rest of the show. So thanks, Jack. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, Quinn, you got anything? Uh, yeah, we did a little Father's Day celebration, which was an interesting mix of local, fresh seafood mm. and Indian takeout. So we did like a little oyster bar, some stir-fried spot prawns, and then we got uh, salmon becoming uh, gravlax in process. All right. I like, I like gravlax. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm training Booker to cure his own salmon uh, because, you know, I don't expect him to be rich and he likes cured salmon. And so the last time I got a side of salmon... Uh, he was like, Dad, can you... Because we, when we cure it, we skin it first because he's not going to be a Russ and Daughter style sli- a slicer, right? <laughs> and plus, we don't have room in the fridge for a whole side to cure. So we skin it and break it into belly and loin. And then and he's like, I told him how to skin it and all that. And then I walked away and I came back and it was mutilated. <laughs> <laughs> but he ate it all anyway. So like, you know, like, look, to butcher a fish... To, like, to learn to butcher a fish, you got to butcher a few fish. You know yeah, what I'm saying? You do. Oh, yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. So, anyway. Good stuff. Uh, what about you, Stas? You got anything from the great state of Connecticut? We're about to go on to Connecticut Terrace, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no. N- nothing nothing cooking-wise. No? No? Something not cooking-wise no. you want to share? That, you, I'm, getting you, you my, my I'm getting my wisdom teeth out tomorrow. So oh, I, I guess my I have God. I'm so sorry. Are they going to do uh, all? Are they going to do all four or two or what? Just the bottom. Okay, listen. Can I... Listen. Listen. They did that to me, and then I waited 15 years to get the other ones out because it was such a freaking nightmare. Oh, well, I shouldn't be telling you this. It's great. It's not a problem. Listen. <laughs> it's the, it, it, it's, there's no problem. It's going to be no problem. I told you, you. We've had this discussion. My teeth are like tiny corkscrews that are like burred into my head so that whenever an oral surgeon has to take a tooth out of me, like they have to plant their knee in my face and freaking jerk on it. You know what I mean? And like, you know, there's always blood all over their faces, all over their masks. It's always a nightmare. I'm sure your teeth are not nearly as obstinate as mine and it'll be fine. You're going to have a great surgery. That's going to be great. (laughs) Uh, I think you're you're getting the good stuff though, right? You're not, I, I remember we had this discussion. I was like, don't just get the Novocaine. Have them make you loopy. I think I'm going semi-under. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loopy. All know. you need is loopy. The IV Valium. You need to not care. You just need to not care. That's the important part. Yeah, I've always cared. And then, like I say, like I have this habit of having the oral surgeon somehow get mad at me <laughs> that my tooth doesn't want to come out like I willed it into my freaking head. You know? Anyway. Well, I just uh, had root canal, and it's, oh, it's, Jesus. It's, but it's not just; it's also it's the smell of the, and it's also the sound. So it's like a multi-sensory experience when you're when you're at the dentist. Unfortunately, sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, no, harp on that more, but it's yeah. true. This, uh, so, are you? It's like I have a thing: the sound of that high-pitched thing, and then when the vibrations in your head, when like a drill or something hits you, it's, yeah. it's kind of not okay. Not right? okay. No, it's not okay. And I mean, of course, the, t- the doctor always say to me, "No, what, what are you eating?" I'm like, oh, you're sorry, what, what do you like to know? <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything, literally everything. Well, well, you say in the intro, was yeah. that you? That, no, no, 
Or is that Zimmerman's uh, thing where he was like, I like vegetables? Do you ever admit to liking vegetables? Oh, I love vegetables, yeah. yeah vegetables yeah. are a necessary thing, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Better, better, I mean, better than the alternative. <laughs> of, of what, what, fruit? Dying young. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, well. All right. My health is important. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, <clears throat> so we have a bunch of questions. First of all, let me ask you this a little sure. you history. So... Uh, I remember seeing the the original uh, documentary, ha- Hamburger America, wow. right? oh, yeah. oh, 04, way back in the yeah. day, and learned many things that I have not. In fact, can I tell you something? So, like, for those of you that don't know, is that how you got into the burger, or did you do it because you love burgers? That was it, the film, the OG film, Hamburger America, was the reason that, that started this whole journey. Right, because you were, like, you were working in, in film and, in like, in like, production, right? Yeah, I was a union uh, director of photography for many years. Right. So <laughs> you're like, I don't know, burgers, interesting American story, let me research this, maybe I, there's something there, is that what happened? Basically, I was trying to find a subject uh, for a documentary. And I ended up getting on the road and doing. I've traveled a lot uh, for filming, for you know, for shooting TV commercials and, and and films and that sort of thing. And I would go out on the road and say, "Guys, I'm going to go over here and look at this hamburger spot." Started bringing a camera with me and then recording some of these hamburger moments, interviews. And ended up as Hamburger America, the film. Huh, huh. Oh wait, so you didn't get money to go do that? You were doing that on the slide? On my own, yeah. Oh man, self-funded. Were you stealing like the sound person's freaking equipment? We did. I, li- I did everything, literally. I didn't do the interviews because I, I wanted to focus on everything else. So I had friends of mine who were reporters in different towns around America and had them like, actually conduct the interviews with my questions. Right, but your but your case, your voice isn't in it. Your literal no, yeah, voice. Exactly. And you have like the most amazing radio voice. Oh, thank you. I knew I wanted to focus on the people who were in the in the in the uh, restaurants. You know, that was more important. And mostly just pr- pretty much the owners and people telling burger stories. Because yeah, yeah. to me, you know, the, it was equally about the people who made the burgers as well as these crazy burgers that were in the film. Well, if you ever redo it, though, you got to get that gravelly Casey Kasem action going. <laughs> it's like gravelly Casey Kasem is what I'm hearing. Thank yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I was a huge fan. I'm still a huge fan of uh, Errol Morris. And he made a film called, it was called uh, Vernon, Florida. Oh, yeah. Where you don't, he's, he's not in the film, which is everyone telling stories about the weird, weirdo stories about Vernon, Florida. And so I was trying to model the film after that. It's sort of a, a, Vernon, a Vernon, Florida-esque kind of version of Hamburger America. All right. So then you do this thing, and then you become Hamburger Guy. I started getting asked my opinion about hamburgers, and people said, well, you know what you're talking about. You you made a film about hamburgers. I said, no, I'm a filmmaker. I don't know. you. you. Yeah. So they, the press, the media turned me into this hamburger expert. They would call me out. They like CNN called. Oh, we need you to. We need a hamburger expert. And I'm like, Okay, fine. So I went in and talked about hamburgers. And then eventually it became a book called Hamburger America, a guidebook to hamburgers in America. That became expanded twice, twice or three times. And then we made a cookbook, made a TV show called Burger Land. It just kept getting bigger and bigger. So, yeah, at this point, I, I can call myself a hamburger expert officially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I actually think so. Also, think so. Yeah. also, most people who say they're an expert in something really aren't at all. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, but I can't. Yeah. I, I push back for years. Yeah. I, I know a lot about hamburgers. No, you're an expert. No, yeah. Well, let's see. Who else would you ask the question of, though? Once, once there's no one else that you would ask other than yourself, then you're the expert. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you start to Google things about hamburgers and I come back with yeah, my yeah, information, yeah. oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, or when someone gives you some garbage off of Google and you're like, incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you're like, oh, yeah, I'm the expert in this. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, all right. So uh, going back that, there is something in, uh, in that documentary that has stuck with me. This it's almost twenty years old now. Um, yeah, that has stuck with me for the twenty years. That mentally I bring up, and it's actually about it's a it's about one of the places that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Connecticut burgers. There's not a lot of. There's only one Connecticut burger in this burger book. Shameful. No, you only no. put. Well, you mentioned. 
about you, as a bunch. You, no, but you in 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 this book, you only talk about the steamed cheeseburger from Ted. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah you sorry, do Louis and you do all that stuff. The guidebook, yeah, 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 yeah. there's many. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, <laughs> sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, so Louis' lunch, you know, for those of you that haven't ever heard me go off on it before, is a small like building in New Haven that got moved once and it used to literally only be open for lunch. Like when I was at Yale, it was only open for lunch and now it's open till 1am. Although listen, if any of you go to Louie's lunch and there, and you think you're going to go there at 1am and get a burger, you're not, (laughs) they've run out of meat. They've run out of meat. And I'm like, yo, you make one thing, buy more meat. And it's the same guy. It's the freaking grandson who's there Not apologetic at all. I'm like, I couldn't get here before like 12:30. Sorry. Yep. Out of meat. <laughs> out of meat. Should have gotten here earlier. Yeah. Come in tomorrow. Yeah, but he's not oh, open we're tomorrow. We're tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's never open tomorrow. We're open for an hour and a half tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, so, and for those of you that don't know, like they have these vertical crematoriums that they cook their hamburgers in, and then this weird white vertical toaster, and it's all it's very legit. Do you like their burger? I actually do. It's a very straightforward, uh, pared-down burger. I mean, it's basically a patty melt, uh, sort of. I mean, it's a very well, yeah, but a patty they don't, melt. no squish. But well, they no squish. But there's cheese on there, and it's served on bread. On whiz. Toast. Yeah, it's, it's whiz. Yeah, yeah. Oh, some yeah, some version of whiz. I well, think. well. Yeah. So you, in the book, you make a very big distinction between uh, what you call cold pack cheddar and cheese whiz. Absolutely. Yes. And you are not a cheese whiz man. You are a cold pack cheddar man. Oh, I love cold pack cheddar. Yeah. I mean, but cheese whiz has its place. It does yeah. its thing and. And it does not do that thing in the Midwest, for sure. That's that's all for cold pack cheddar. Well, for sure. you made me feel bad because sometimes, like at home, I I bought a thing of cheese whiz once because Dax was like, "We're going to do burgers." I'm like, you know what? I'm going to whiz these, and I had it on, on the bread, right? Because yeah. like, because that's what I figured Louis uses, but I don't know whether they use whiz or whether they use cold pack. I don't know. Something something between, maybe we don't know. I think it's probably closer to the whiz. I think. Yeah. I mean, if you go to Philadelphia, it's all about the whiz. You, you ever know? you ever done the port wine on it? <laughs> no, I, I, maybe I did by accident once, but no, I usually stay away from that. <laughs> yeah, the port wine cheese, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know, yeah, of course. That's also, by the way, cold pack cheddar. Yeah, but yeah. you've never used it on a burger? So uh, I use regular, you know, good old Merck's cheddar. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Can you can you buy that here in New York? Yeah, yeah. Merck's. Yeah. Uh, the only place you can actually get it, believe it or not, is Walmart on Long Island in New Jersey. Huh, Strange. weird. I don't know why. Yeah, that's you, like you can only get a good, like, Rochester hot dogs at Wegmans. Right. Yeah. Well, Wegmans, they're from from out there. Swigels, they're a good hot dog. Swigels are a good hot dog. Yeah. And now, John here is a Connecticut man, so he's like, it's got to be Hummel. Although there's a lot of other Connecticut brands of hot dog, my friend. That's true. That's true. I do need to branch out. So what stuck, so Vertical Toaster, and they used to have a sign in in Louie's Lunch that said, this is not Burger King. You do not get it your way. Still there. Yeah. And uh, good to know. (laughs) Uh, And it was on Xerox paper in the 90s. You know what I mean? I'm sure it's the same sheet of Xerox paper. Yeah. Uh, so both the, the, the wife, now the mom, I'm sure yeah. long dead because she was... She unfortunately passed, yes. Yeah, and, yeah. and the dad, who's the second generation, yeah. you know, not the grandfather, said in your film that they have never had... Well, she hasn't had a burger since she married into the family anywhere else, so since like 1951. And he in his entire entirety of his life had, had never had a burger other than the Louis lunch burger. And this is stuck in my head wow. as like a weird phenomenon that you get with like uh, certain groups of people who 
don't ever want to taste outside of their own world, even to see what's out there. Because they're so resistant to a certain kind of change that it's almost like they'd be polluting their bodies. And it's the direct antithesis of everything that I believe as a cook. Right. Right. You know, I mean, our generation and the generations younger than us, we're all taught go eat as much as possible, yeah. taste, learn. But you get certain pizza heads, old school pizza heads, not new ones. New pizza heads are all about tasting, right? But old right. school burger heads, um, yeah, they would rather die than eat somebody else's product. And that one interview stuck with me for 20 years. I think about it still. I'm like, what the yeah, hell? I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, when I heard it, I, I thought to myself, that that can't be right. But I guess it can be. If they, I mean, I think his argument was that he was too busy working to go try other, other burgers. Which is a lie because they used to be closed by noon every freaking day. <laughs> and closed for the entire month of August. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no time for a burger. <laughs> yeah, no and the wife was like, so uh, <laughs> uh, I went to McDonald's, but I had a filet of fish. <laughs> sure you did. <laughs> Sure you did. She probably did. I believe. I believe Lee. Was Leona, Leona Lassen was her name. That yeah. she had, she had uh, painted on eyebrows. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that used to be a thing. I know. It's like, like definitely a thing. Yeah, my grandparents' generation. Like, let me shave off and then repaint. Yeah. All 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 Lee did was was work for the company. Work for the the burger joint. It was amazing. That's yeah. all she. She was so hyper focused all the time. Yeah. yeah. She, said, she said she would bring her. It's all true. She would bring the kids when they were kids uh, to the restaurant, and they would help out when they were old enough. But when they were little babies, they would just sit in the back. Because she was so dedicated to the to the place. Now, do you like the crappy slice of tomato they put on that with the piece of onion <laughs> and the miscut no, onion? What about the miscut onion? Miscut onion, I'm okay with. But there's a trick though. There's a, if you go there certain times of the day, they'll actually put the onion in the grill and cook it with the burger. Oh. But if you go there like lunchtime, they're like, nope, not doing that. Sorry, and then just they'll stick it on cold. Yeah, I've never had it that way. I've always had the. It's like lopsided cut. Yeah. Like the person cutting it like wasn't even looking. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like a wedge. Yeah. 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 And uh, and the the terrible quality tomato, yeah, white bread, whiz, yeah, yeah, that's it. It's, it's good, yeah, but but it's an American classic somehow, right? Yeah, it's always it's always <laughs> diagonal cut across the across the bread, yep. with the with the with the juice coming out of the. It's a relatively thick patty for it for its for its weight. It is relatively thick. Oh yeah, yeah definitely, but it's also very lean. It's not a lot of fat in there too. Yeah, which the, something I have a little bit of issue with. So the, all the fat is coming actually from the whiz. That's <laughs> <laughs> like hence whiz. Hence the whiz, yeah. Hence whiz. Uh, all right. So maybe we should – we have people ask us questions. So oh, why don't wow. we get to those before – because otherwise I would just sit here and talk to you about Connecticut Burger. You talk about Ted's, which is a great burger place. Right. I was there last week also. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Driving I, through. To me, to on my way back the, from getting lobster rolls. I have a burger tender as you have a burger tender. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you have one. Of course. Nice. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Freaking amateurs here? You think you're coming on an amateur show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess I was. No, that's I, great. I have the new style, though, with the yellow Ultem steaming trays. Ooh. Uh, so for those of you that don't know what the hell we're talking about, steamed cheeseburgers, I'm not a—I'm okay with the steamed cheeseburger. I love the cheese. Yeah. To me, it's the cheese. And so, right. like, you can buy people. If you don't want to spend the money on the really nice little, like, burger tender— steaming contraption you can buy just the steam containers that are the exact right size for both either the burger or the cheese right or you can look at the recipe in the book and do none of that and you use ramekins yeah 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 there's a lot of ways to get around that but your burgers aren't square though doesn't matter they could they, well square is weird to me i thought that was very strange you know it is the, strange but that's part of the connecticut thing the, <laughs> exactly <laughs> the bun is round why why wouldn't you want to have a round burger so connecticut i think is the connecticut's bringing the kaiser back because connecticut kaiser rolls are better so 
you grew up in New York. Yeah. We look like we're similar ages. Right. And it, when we were kids, the buttered roll was the, the, I don't have money, I need something to eat. You get from a stand, buttered roll. Kaiser, 100% of the time. But wait, poppy seed or not? Uh, depending on the stand, I like oh, poppy no. seed. L- Long, I like poppy. Long Island, where I grew up, 100% poppy seed 100% Kaiser. 100% poppy? 100%, yeah. But then something happened, and, and Kaiser's got crappy. And then they, they got stale, they got crappy. I don't know whether people stopped ordering them. And then I stopped ordering because I was like, this is crappy. <laughs> like, it's not like the butter roll used to be. Yeah. Because that was the cheap eat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a butter roll. That's all it was. You, yeah. It cost a dollar. You could walk into a gas station. You could get it at a gas station for a dollar. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, later in the day, if you had a little bit extra money from the hot dog place, you didn't get a hot dog. You got the, the, the hot beef. Remember the uh, beef sausage, the spicy beef sausage that no. they used to sell? No. They were bigger than They were bigger than the hot dog, than the Sabret hot dogs, and huh. they only cost like 10 cents more. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the onion goop. Oh, with the onion goop. Were you an onion goop? Or, I mean, like, because I don't really like their crowd, but onion goop, I used to love the onion goop. I'm not, I've, I like onion goop. Again, oh, you're, yeah. again, you're not a hot dog guy, so we're not going to be talking yeah. about hot dogs. <laughs> but the Kaiser roll in, in uh, you know, the past, like, 10 years, I've been going to these places in Connecticut, and I was like, they have actually legitimately good Kaiser rolls. And right. I'm like, I think the Kaiser roll needs more of a national resurgence. What are your thoughts on the Kaiser roll? I agree. I would like to see, so we have something called the uh, breakfast special on Long Island. We're getting going even on a further, further tangent, but it involves the poppy seed Kaiser roll. And they're fantastic. The, there's nothing like a breakfast special. It's nothing more than usually ham or bacon. I like ham. Uh, fried egg and American cheese on a roll with, ready for this one, salt, pepper, ketchup. All right. So you ask for ham, egg, cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup. And, and you they, guys they say know exactly one, what, yeah. one thing. Salt, pepper, ketchup. Ham, egg, cheese. Ham, egg, cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, okay, so Ted's... Uh, other steamed cheeseburgers I've had have been bad. This is a really good point. Yes. There's a reason why, I think. It's because Ted's makes so many of them that this, it becomes an environmental thing. The more burgers you're making in that, in that burger steaming contraption, the better it becomes. Because there's a lot of airborne grease, a lot right. of airborne burger grease. If you're only making a few of them, then they're not going to be good. Like if you try to make them at home, they're not as good if you try to make them at home unless you're making like 100 for a party. <laughs> for right. a party. They just don't taste the same. And also they're at zero, they're at zero hold time there. Because they're always coming in and out. Like, exactly. So the cheese is coming in and out, and like you watch, they have, they have a certain amount of rest time before they put the cheese on. Right. The steamed cheese cheese fry is a good call. And the, yeah. I agree. That's, yeah. That is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Steamed cheese is a very specific thing. And yeah. what happens th- scientifically whenever you melt cheese through steam is very unique. Because it's not, it's not this different, t- different kind of heat. All right, my favorite thing about the steamed cheese is when it's not horrible still, when it becomes taffy. Yeah, that's right. True. That to me is like the. That's like the, the the sweet point, but I'm the only one in my family who loves it. So like, I'll do it. Like I, for about a year, whenever I made hamburgers, I would make normal hamburgers, which in my house is bacon grease fried burgers. Right, right. There you go. Nice. Uh, and I know you're a huge fan of tallow. Yeah. Do you really think it makes that big of it? I always have bacon grease because I just cook bacon. Yeah. So, but do you think that it actually makes a huge difference to to use beef fat as that? Because I happen to now have a bunch. Yeah, I mean it's it's the it's the, the probably the most familiar uh, gr- you know, grease uh, to the burger itself. Right. It recognizes what's happening because it's all part of the same family. I think it, somehow I think you know, obviously every animal is different when you're cooking. If you want to get in the science of this, but when you're you're joining beef fat with a hamburger, you know obviously it's all in the same family. So I, somehow I, I have this. I guess maybe it's just in my head. I feel like it works better. Because in your mind, you're more like a monk. You're like, beef, like that? 
Basically, yeah. Yeah. So, right. I was actually at an event once, and we were late to set up, and we'd had these brand new griddles that had not been seasoned yet. And I said, "Oh, great, this is not going to work." So I just took a bunch of beef and chucked it on this hot griddle, started chopping it up like I was making a chopped cheese, and rendered all the fat onto this thing, and then scraped it all off, gave it to a nearby dog, and I ended up with the perfect seasoned griddle. And I thought to myself, "That's what we should all be doing: is seasoning our griddles with the thing we're going to be cooking with." That's also insanity, though. Cooking the meat and giving it. To, I made this chopped cheese. Hey, Fido. You know what I mean? A lot of happy dogs out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of the chopped cheese, because I'm going to forget otherwise. So, like, that's the thing that didn't exist when we were kids. Yeah. That exists now. Right. I think that is good. It's not a burger. It's good, though. It's not. A, it's in the burger family, for yeah. sure. Burger Lloyd, yeah. Yeah, yeah burger Lloyd, yeah. yeah. It's, it's up there. Yeah. It's you, a great experience. So but it's also it's a very specific experience to... Harlem. Yeah. <laughs> it really shouldn't go anywhere else. It should, well, I think you know, it should look, remain. I mean, there's people in in Brooklyn and Bronx who would say that theirs is good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it still has to be that style of place, right? Yeah, and I know those guys too. I'm, I'm friend. I'm, I've become friendly with Haji from uh, Blue Sky. I forget what it's called. Yeah, now. that's yeah. the. That's, that's the OG, what I was told as the OG. Yeah, that's yeah, it, yeah. yeah. We actually we did. We I have this thing uh, called the Food Film Festival. We actually showed a film about chopped cheese made by director Justin Bolas, and we had Haji come down to the festival and make them. So it was le- as legitimate as you. Could possibly be. We weren't trying to make chopped cheese. We had Haji make them. Yeah, nice. And yeah. how were they? Delicious. They were, they were yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So he just, he, and he was for him it was effortless. He's just there chopping up, chopping, chopping like yeah, whatever. So my favorite term in this whole book, if you get nothing else out of this book, stunt burger. Stunt burgers. Oh. You're like ah, it. But it's it's like. I don't even know that you ever define it. You're like, this is almost, this is not a stunt burger. Looks like a stunt burger is not a stunt burger. You're right. like, this is a stunt burger. Stunt burger being bad. Why don't you tell us what a stunt burger is? Well, good or bad, depending. If a stunt burger has longevity, if it's been around for, there's some burgers in this book that have been around for a very long time. That Australian monstrosity. Right. So that's exactly. So that has staying power. We know it's been around for a while. We know people actually love it. So therefore, that's a stunt burger that worked and it's okay to be there. What I was talking about, the stunt burgers I don't like are the ones that are sort of flash in the pan. People are doing literally just for TikTok or Instagram, yeah, and they're they're jokes. They're so you, so jokes. You're, but what about when it's actually a joke, like Aki and his steam cheese stuff? Right. <laughs> yeah, no, sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, the method makes me crazy when people are just trying to get attention, and if, especially if it involves the burger. One of my worst, my my least favorite ones, the worst one is the mac and cheese burger, because. The photo looks amazing because it's this cheesy pile of mac and cheese, and then there's, there's a burger, a juicy, dripping burger underneath. And you, what you see is your brain says, oh, wow, but you you see them separately. Mac and cheese, burger, you put them in your mouth, and they go together, and it's a disaster. It is This should not be happening. Hot pasta should not be in your mouth the same time you're biting into a, you know, a juicy burger. I'm sure Nastasia agrees with you. Do you agree with him, Nastasia? Yes, I do. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but I, also, I know the guy who invented it. And he said he just did it as a stunt for the restaurant. Is that where the idea of stunt burger came from? That, that him saying it was a stunt? Well, I think they existed before that, but just before that. I mean, this was back in the beginning of, sort of the Instagram food influencer garbage going on. So how much do you hate, like, I stuffed it with foie gras and then I put gold leaf and then... Yeah, it's, it's, to me, it's usually a nightmare. Yeah. You know? It's not, never good. It's never a good thing. You know what I've never had that got very famous, but people said they actually liked it was the uh, was the stunt poutine from uh, Pied de Cochon, where it's like foie gras and all that stuff on it. But I don't, you, you I don't, don't think that. it's my. I don't think it needs it. You don't need it. You, you really know who don't I bet you loves that stuff. The guy behind me, John. It was very good. <laughs> I liked it a lot. <laughs> P- poutine as, as a dish itself, I mean, does not need to be improved. 
Usually, that's the thing. I'm sorry. It's just one of those. You know, to me, I'd rather. You know, also, what happens in the world of burgers, especially for me, I, I eat a lot of burgers, and for me, I want to make sure that I have. You know, I'm I'm trying and, and loving and testing daily beaters. I call them, which basically means something you're going to go back and get tomorrow, next week. Some burgers that are stunt burgers that have truffle oils and all this crap in it, you're not going to have it a month from now. You wouldn't even have it once a year. Why would you want to make that burger? Yeah, just for this for the stunt of it, it doesn't make any sense to me. I want to make sure I'm I'm experimenting and with I'm cooking or at least going to visit burgers that are deli beaters, that are classics, that have one or two ingredients that are not huge that you I, want to eat. I had my lifetime supply of truffle oil in the late 90s, early aughts, <laughs> and I don't ever need it again. Somebody, like, dropped some in my elevator the other day, and I was like, ah! Oh. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah. yeah. I, just don't, I just don't require it. Yeah. Like, you know? It, it has its place, but it's a very, it's a very narrow place, unfortunately. Yeah. It doesn't belong in everything. Definitely not on not my a elevator. Burger. And not on my elevator. And not your elevator floor, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> on one of the places I worked, they garnished the short rib with white truffle oil, and the expo did it, and he had never tasted oh, it, and I just saw him, like, God. drown it on it, and I was like, stop, have you ever tasted this? And he's like, no, and he tastes a little bit, and he's like, oh, wow, I've been doing really bad. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> you know what I like on a burger? You probably hate fish sauce. No, okay, on a burger? It's good. Yeah, I'm sure it you is. You don't have to like it, but it's still good. Oh. No, fish sauce is umami. I mean, that's it. Yeah, oh, check this. See, we, I wanted to get a professional opinion, and you are a professional. So, like, uh, <laughs> in, the, in, in the book, you have a couple of uh, secret sauces that, uh, you know, you're, they're like most secret sauces are Thousand Island, but then you bring up other people like with the snack sauce and yeah. goop and all these other things. Yeah. So, th- like, uh, I like a flavored mayonnaise. It's not flavored with the standard. This is one of my favorites. We use this at uh, at existing conditions, but not on burgers because we didn't have a burger. This is, like, I use Indian oil-based pickles as my secret pow ker pow. Wow. This, this, this is, by the way, is expired, just so you know. Yeah, yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me taste something that's expired. Hey, this is let's say yeah. Uh, oh, it's, oh no, it only expired in twenty twenty one. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> what is it though? Tomatoes. Is it fermented? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I'm gonna try this if I die. It's very tomorrow. strong. If you die tomorrow, it's on me. This shit's Ooh. good, right? Mix that with mayonnaise. Yeah. Okay. Burger. Is it spicy? No, like mildly. No, mildly spicy. That's pretty well. Where's this from? India. That's intense. Oh great! I just had Indian food that was expired two years ago. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, John, you've had this before, yeah, right? Yeah, I had my own jar. Go Shit. ahead. Everyone try it. <laughs> but don't you think, imagine that with mayonnaise. It'd be great. Actually, it's very, it's, it's intense. Yeah, it's concentrated. I yeah, like that. Yeah. But not goopy. Not goopy, no. And it doesn't no, loosen the mayonnaise too much. I'm not a sauce guy. And I know, you said that in the book. To me, grease is a condiment. So talk to me about, as not a sauce guy, you, uh, you put a little section at the end of your book about non-American burgers, some of them heavily sauced. Talk to me about this Turkish burger. Look, I'm just my, my job. I'm a steward to history. I'm just trying to get it right. <laughs> get the get the, if they have crazy ingredients. I, I'm just and people are eating them all the time. I'm, but you've never been there and had it. But you have friends who have, and you've tested this recipe on them, and they say you're getting close to the actual Turkish wet burger. The uh, the Islak burger. Yeah, it's spectacular. And I've made that for friends at parties. I've made it for my family. It is it is a great hamburger experience. And it's soaked in tomato goop. What is it? No, it's basically, basically imagine a tomato sauce with way way too much garlic in it. Uh-huh. That's basically that's that's you're on the right path basically. But, but it's wet. But you still pick it up. Uh, you, yeah, you pick it up. It's wrapped. It's, come, you, it's a street food. You buy it at you know one o'clock in the morning in Taksim Square in Istanbul. That's yeah. where that's where you find it pretty much only. It's 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 uh, that's the only spot where it really is. You are also a. Not a fan of most burgers that require a knife and fork. 
Right. I think that it should be a handheld experience. I mean, the whole point of a hamburger is to be portable. When the hamburger was born in the U.S., because it came to the to the U.S. as um, as a, uh, ethnic food from Germany, but it was served on a plate when it eat with a knife and a fork. And so at some point, it did make its way to the Midwest, where it became uh, fair food. And the first fair food that was, well, what we understand, one of the very first fair foods that was portable was the hot dog. Yeah. Imagine if you were selling. St. Louis. Yeah. Imagine if you if you were you know selling this this dish that was this this famous ethnic dish from Germany, but served on a plate, and all of a sudden you saw a hot dog walk by, you'd say, "Oh, maybe I <laughs> nah. okay, we need, this needs to be portable." Yeah, and that's how it happened. Well, so now's a good time. Quinn said there came a, in a question: the hamburger used to be small and has gotten bigger, which is something we need to talk about. Quinn, what was the question we got in off the Patreon? Well, yeah, the the question from Rob was uh, wanting George's comment. On uh, the origin of the slider, you know, vis-a-vis white mana versus white castle or any sort of similar New Jersey versus Ohio. Well, that's pretty simple. Uh, They're both actually technically at one point they were identical. White mana and and white castle were identical burgers. The only difference was that white castle began to innovate. They started changing a lot and they started moving towards, you know, uh, freezing of beef and, and um, the standardized standardized buns and all that. Uh, and they got away from the what really should be a great burger. The difference is that when White Castle started in 1920, 1921, there were a lot of copycats. And White Mana is one of those copycats. So if you imagine, White Mana just kept doing the same thing all the way through. So it, technically, in effect, they are the primary source version of the White Castle slider. The white, White the, the, so was White Castle... I haven't had one in like twenty years. Are they? They were, in my recollection, kind of like, kind of wet and square with like yeah. little oniony bits on. Were they always that way? No. In the beginning, they were actually in the beginning they were like white uh, white banana. So round. Yeah, round, and, small and, balls, and griddled, not this yeah. weird in betweener situation. You, if you were trying to sell a burger in America a hundred years ago, literally a hundred years ago, and you didn't put the word white in the name of your burger place, you weren't going to sell burgers. Because of filth. It was all about purity. It was all yeah. about, it was a very, you know, hamburgers at that point were seen as dirty, like, you know, wage earner food. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't anything that was, was, you know, popular. It wasn't anything that was, it wasn't, a, it wasn't something that was seen as, as clean at all. Yeah, yeah. Proving we've always been bad. Um, <laughs> right. So, uh, all right. And also, uh, well, before I leave Connecticut entirely. Sure. Because John and I, before, you know, when you were going to get a sandwich for a minute, we're like, we're just going to make this whole show about Connecticut burgers. We're like, it's our show crap on everyone else. <laughs> I don't care. I can do this whole show on Connecticut burgers, yeah. you know, without blinking. And so the last one, uh, and I'm, you know, not in here, but I want to get your opinion on it. The Shady Glen Bernice uh, Cheeseburger. Yeah, the Bernice Special. Yeah. Do you know how to make one? Because that's the one burger yeah. that I have miserably failed at trying to make at home, even yes. a close representation of the Bernice. So the, what you're talking about is the, uh, it has almost like a cheese crown on top. Yeah, we call it cheese wings in my house. Cheese wings, you call it wings? Looks like, it looks like a nun's habit. Yeah, flying so nun for those of you that are right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sally Field, yeah. <laughs> Sally Fielder, yeah. flying nun hat. Uh, it's basically the same look. And uh, from what I understand, it's a scientifically developed cheese. Mm. We don't know if it's cheddar American. It could be something between the two. We don't exactly know. But they said that we can't tell you our secrets because it's a secret, obviously. But it's also that the, the flat top they're cooking on is highly seasoned. And it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a black steel flat top. So yeah. it's nothing that's too complicated. And, big. and large. And they have to make the – they put four slices of cheese centered on the burger. And obviously all this cheese hangs off. And they curl up the cheese as it's cooking. And it's one of the things you, the first thing you learn when you're when you're on when you're on the griddle and you're young is to is to how to make this Bernie special. Yeah, and it's it, there's like 
it it's an exact amount of like freakatizing of bubbling and then you see them lift it they hold it for a second yeah. let go and it sits and then they they and they're really good at it yeah they're good yeah, you, can, you know you don't even know that you can, all, you can also get the cheese crisps separately as yeah, a side, just as a side dish. I know it's, it's so an off menu item <laughs> he, he lived there and there's also you they make I guess decent ice cream although I get my ice cream at Yukon yeah, but they but also very, good ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah. very good ice cream. Yeah. Very good ice cream. Uh, and creepy murals. What else do you want? <laughs> creepy. The mural on the wall is beyond creepy. Yeah. This weird, phantasmagorical, you know, dream of burgers and ice creams and, and like little yellowish and greenish lighting. Too, very strange. Said, yeah. Like yeah. Elves hanging out in trees eating ice cream. Yeah, yeah. and all the, all the people in the place are dressed up in like, you know, 60s, 70s, like Ramada Inn style, like, you know, <laughs> service uniforms. It's like, a, it is a throwback. It is definitely a throwback, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's lost in time. So what that's do you think okay. about it? They also have a very good Kaiser roll. So whatever you think of the burger, their Kaiser was <laughs> right. on point. Do you like the burger? Do you like the cheese wing? I think it's a great burger. Uh, it's I wouldn't put it in the top 10, you know, but it's it's more about the experience. It's a great hamburger experience in my book. Yeah. yeah. So worth, worth if you happen to be near Manchester, I don't oh, know yeah. why the heck you would be near Manchester, Connecticut, yeah, but really if you know. happen to be near Manchester. It's a drive through on the way to Boston. I mean, I guess right off the highway. Yeah. Get some ice cream or whatever, yeah. unless you have time to go to Yukon and go to the dairy, <laughs> the dairy store and get the dairy barn, whatever they call it. All right. Uh, Fuchi writes in, wait, is this your dad? Yeah. <laughs> Son of a God. <laughs> Damn it. You got to hide it, Quinn. Hide it. Anyway, you don't have to hide it. He's allowed to He's ask a whatever. Patron. He's a patron. He's allowed to ask whatever questions he wants, man. Regardless, I'm just yeah. messing with you. Come on. Uh, question. From Mr. Motes, uh, when is a burger not a burger? And we've talked a little bit about that, but when is a burger not a burger? Well, for starters, a hamburger needs to be defined as chopped beef cooked somehow and served on bread. That's it. That's the definition of a burger. And when you get away from that is when you start to do things like use uh, tuna or turkey. Because a turkey burger That's is the worst. not a burger. Don't make turkey burgers. It's a turkey hey, sandwich, yeah. Listen, don't do it. Do you want to know what I do? It better not be with turkey burgers because unless you're gonna no. in, unless you're gonna low temp those things, unless you're gonna go through all the trouble of low temping it so that it's not an overcooked piece of filth, and then somehow get a nice sear on the outside of it. Like I don't want to hear from a turkey burger. I don't want to hear from a salmon burger. No. It's not ideal. Yeah. I I do a poultry burger of chicken chicken hearts and duck fat trimmings. Okay, well a, gr- that, a ground. Ground poultry can be fine, right? Yeah. You know, like I like a chicken patty sandwich. But it sounds more like a like um like a crab cake to me. Yeah. That's so if you're gonna go salmon, no, just no get filler. a croquette. Just there's get no a croquette. Filler. No filler. Well, a good crab cake has very little filler also. Oh, you just got busted. <laughs> um but like but I will say, Quinn, that like the average turkey burger isn't just bad, it's a bad idea. You're taking something yeah. that needs to be cooked until it is terrible, and then doing that. Right. To be, I mean, to be absolutely pure about this, uh, Hamburg uh, hamburgers came from Hamburg, Germany. That's why they're called hamburgers. They didn't come from Shrimpberg. Shrimpberg or Turkeyberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They came from Hamburg. And well, so the thing about this, right? Also, people who make turkey burgers. No offense to you, people out there who make turkey burgers, but people who make turkey burgers typically do it for quote unquote health reasons. So they make the compounding error of using breast meat and the only way to have a, a, a it not viciously overcooked and yet still get it cooked enough so you're not like am i gonna get poisoned right 
is to salt it. And then if you salt it so that it keeps the moisture inside, you're going to bind the proteins as you make the patty. And then you have dry turkey meatloaf, not, not even a dry turkey burger, dry turkey meatloaf, which it just gets worse and worse and worse. It's just like the more you think about it, the more. now ground, look, ground chick, there's nothing better than a chicken heart. Like at, when you go to one of those Brazilian places and you get like skewer after skewer after skewer of chicken heart, I could eat that all day. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? But like, and um, I will taste your burger if I'm ever there made with the, the, the chicken heart and the duck fat. But I'm just saying, turkey burger, I've never had one I liked. I, I agree. I agree. To me, it's, it's, I mean, it just shouldn't be in the same category. It should be in the category of the crab cake or, or the, you know, the shrimp sandwich, whatever those things are called. Shrimp yeah. Cake, shrimp, shrimp pies. I don't know. Shrimp. <laughs> you know what's good? Pie. Seafood salad. Seafood salad's good, but it's not a burger. It's definitely not a burger, <laughs> but it, it, it is good. Well, George, uh, can you say your burger definition one more time? Burger definition, very very straightforward. It's chopped beef, cooked somehow, served on bread, period. Okay. Well, That's so it. you have things in here you don't consider. If it's loose, like that loose meat, not a burger, But right? I do say in the book, though, the loose meat sandwich is in the hamburger family. Hamburger family. Well, there's a reason why. You take a bite of the loose, loose meat sandwich, and it has the flavor profile of a hamburger. See, I don't consider a patty melt a hamburger because I consider it a burger Lloyd because, mm. to me, it is so important that it is its own... Thing. This is true. I think it's still it's it's very it's much closer to the burger family than the loose meat sandwich. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's it's, not it's, yeah. Well, yeah, loose meat sandwich is only only loosely a sandwich. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's closer to a hamburger. Right, but the patty melt, the patty melt. Which, by the way, you know, you mentioned that in the original edition that you you allowed yourself some liberties. You need to go back. Is only rye bread. Like I like my. The, the real question is how cooked do you like your onions, onions. and then Swiss cheese and right and the hamburger and like how. The question is, how do you like your onions cooked, right? right. That, that, there is debate, no? Oh, yeah. but There's, there's a lot of different ways to, to slice and cook an onion, for sure. Yeah. But to me, the patty melt is the marriage of a grilled cheese and a hamburger. And so it is, it is in both families, and it is its own freaking thing. And it's, to me, God's, it's, right. it's God's thing. Like, but that's it's, also, like, it's also Swiss, Swiss cheese. It's rye bread. I mean, yeah. it's the, the flavor profile is very different from an actual hamburger. And I grew it. up with them. And I didn't know it was an L.A. thing until I read in the book. Because my mom grew up, you know, outside of L.A. Maybe that's why. Because right. I grew up with them. Yeah. So I grew up with something that was called a patty melt by some people. Some people called it a Chester because it was a guy in my hometown named Chester who took a hamburger patty when he was 17 years old and put it in between two pieces of uh, bread with some American cheese and called it Chester, which actually was, we found it later on, was actually uh, the setup from Friendly's. I don't know if you knew that also. No. So they, they, didn't, they, they don't even call it a patty melt at Friendly's. It's called the setup. Huh. And they use those weird flower-shaped burgers still at Friendly's? I don't know. <laughs> Friendly's used to use these <laughs> right. very odd flower-shaped burgers, but uh, a friend of mine, who, well, she lived on my block when I was in high school. She worked at the Friendly's. And she told me that the Fribble, Fribble is a Friendly's uh, shake. Now, I'm not saying anything negative about the Friendly's Corporation. This was in 1987, people, all right? So the information right. I'm giving you is way out of date. But they had a carpenter ant infestation in the <laughs> Fribble machine in my hometown in the, in the 1980s, 1980, you know, whatever it was, four or five. And so, like, I just stopped going to Friendly's as a result. So it's, I haven't had one of those flower-shaped burger things since then. Yeah, I, I haven't probably had a burger there in forever. I've, I've gone there for the Fribble recently, but not for a burger, that's for sure. I'm sure they've kicked the Carpenter Ant problem at whatever location you went to. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Good. Quinn, did we answer this question uh, appropriately for your dad or no? For sure, yeah. Yeah? All yeah. right. All right. Uh, from Justin, 
Hey, George, what's the, and you don't have to answer this, but, you know, we want to know, but you don't have to. Sometimes people hate answering this question. Ready? What a great preamble. Yeah. <laughs> what's the worst burger you've ever encountered? Ooh. Wow. <laughs> I've had a lot of bad burgers out there. I, just, I don't like to talk about, the, I don't go negative on burgers ever. Because right. you're hurting know. someone's business, maybe. I used to do this thing where I would, you know, if, if I tweet on the way in and I don't tweet on the way out, it wasn't any good. Wow. That's one of those, but I don't tweet anymore. So. Yeah, there you <laughs> so go. That's all changed. But usually I don't really talk about burgers I don't like. People know, unfortunately, there are a lot of bad burgers out there. And I like to like to tell people that, you know, if I'm not talking about it, you know, that's the worst review I can give the damn burger. So sorry about that. Okay, so what makes a burger bad? When you see something, right. you're like, oh, no, to hell with this. What is it? You can tell right away when someone gives you a burger and they, they don't have their heart in it. You know, you know, it's like any other food, but it's especially with a hamburger. Hamburgers are relatively easy to make. Yeah, you know, there's it's, it's not, not much going on there. You've got some ground beef, you've got some bread, you've got some maybe some cheese, maybe a topping or two, and that's it, right? This shouldn't be that complicated. But the reality is that you can screw all those elements up pretty quickly. Overcooking beef is a big way to do it. Using the wrong beef. I mean, people, a lot of times, will use beef that's way too lean, and that makes a dried-out, crappy burger. Man, you're a, ch you're a chuck right fellow. I, I like chuck a lot. Yeah, yeah, I usually, when I cook, I usually 75, 25 chuck when I cook. I tell people that you want to err on the side of, you know. And not an 80-20, 75-25. Personally, 75-25 is, is, is tough to work with sometimes. You have to know. And what it, you're shrinks, doing. it shrinks a lot. <laughs> you just know what you're doing. You're cooking it fast. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's very important to know that the fat content is flavor. 80-20 um, is a great place to go. If you, yeah. take, if you take an entire chuck, uh, the two parts of a chuck, and throw it into a grinder, you're going to have basically 80-20, maybe 75-25, depending on how fatty that animal was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. You know what I hate? I hate that... Uh, so I hate that the most places that sell uh, the beef, they assume that if you want good quality beef, you also want it leaner. Mistake. Right. Anyway. That's kind of changing, I think, these days. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, Wolf writes in, I like how Wolf has only two choices and not like three or four other choices. The qu you, you must choose between a potato bun or a brioche bun, as my son calls it, briachi. <laughs> That's the Italian version. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? So, like, oh, yeah, there's no question two. about it. Brioche can suck it, as far as I'm concerned. Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, brioche, brioche is not the right bun for a burger. Wow. It's too sweet. Usually, it's it's almost too soft. I mean, it's hard. It's, too it, soft? The, Come on, yeah. man. You, you like a squishy bun, yeah, so you say. Well, so, I mean, I'm sorry. It's brioches tend to be a little more aerated. Too poofy? Too poofy. Yeah, because, I mean, when I mean, uh, you know, white squishy, I mean, it's, it still has some density to it. Like, the potato roll has density to yeah. it. It's good. Most most white, you know, white, white bread and white rolls, enriched rolls for hamburgers are great for a burger. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, brioche is too sweet. Yeah. Uh, it's too poofy. So you also don't like a Hawaiian? I don't like a Hawaiian, but not. <laughs> no, people are using yeah. a lot of Hawaiian now yeah. for burgers. It's burger. too sweet. It's, just, yeah. it's too sweet. I like Hawaiian rolls, for sure. Right. I just don't like to put burgers on So you also don't, you don't like the, the, the move of using the, the Portuguese sweet roll for a, for a hamburger? I've no, seen that. Really, no, I think it should. When, when you take a bite of a burger, there should be a, the first thing you smell should be a little bit of yeast. Mm. English muffin? Think. English muffin, actually, that's a good one. That's a very good. They're very sturdy, and yeah. I actually, I mean, you know, I grew up on, I grew up on the Chester, which was the you know the patty melt version of what we had from yeah. you know from Long Island. But also, uh, I grew up on uh, most of the burgers were served were served back then on English muffins. Yeah, I like an English muffin, but they, so you you mentioned that you enjoy and you uh, you know you invoke uh, the. Uh, the Josh Wazerski from the from the past, who had some very interesting, sometimes wildly incorrect, sometimes maddening opinions about things. Oh yeah, tell me. Uh, about. Yeah, um, but uh, a fun guy to hang around with, especially if you were eating meat. Yeah. But the um, the toasting the bun is almost always a good idea, you say. But uh, 
toast one side only because you don't want the top side. You don't want the side that you're handling toasted, just the yeah. meat side toasted. But, you know, but you, and in the book, you're anti-toaster because you're doing a lot of griddle and stuff. What about the, you don't like the bagel setting? I always use bagel setting. <laughs> bagel setting. Is it cook on, only cooks on one side? Bagel, bagel side, setting? top only. Yeah, so that, you like all the new toasters. Though. That's just fancy. Put, just put the, <laughs> put the, put the I'm in a bagel, bagel setting on my toaster. That sounds kind of. Wow. <laughs> now I'm a frou-frou. All of a sudden, I'm a frou-frou guy. <laughs> I think you'd rather just, I mean, just take, you're already cooking in a pan. Just cook the, I would, I tell people, if you're going to make a bunch of burgers, toast the buns first in the pan and then cook the burgers in the same pan. You're gonna, right. One piece of equipment. All right. Also, yeah, but I mean, I have it all going at the same time in my house anyway. But anyway, but the other thing is you're like, I can't really taste the seeds. And then you show a picture of a sesame bun with like two sesames on it. <laughs> like... Sesame seeds, they, they are, you, I mean, really, I mean, we taste them. It's more of a, a textural thing, I think, than it is an actual flavor I know, thing. Like, I use a lot of sesame. Oh, speaking of potato, you know, there's a now a, uh, there's a non-Martin. So Homer Murray came on the show a little while back, and, you know, he stopped using Martins. And so he's now created, I haven't been out to have it yet. I want to have his... The, the new potato roll? Yeah. yeah. He has a, he has a made-to-his-spec, uh, I forget what the name of the bakery is, but yeah, they do the potato roll. My only issue with potato rolls is that they, they, go from, they go from fully blonde to real brown very quickly. You know what I mean? Like When you're it, cooking them? Yeah. Like, they yeah. brown up quick, and they can go over in a toaster on bagel setting. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. I don't have that. I, don't, I just have a one setting. It's on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, Bruce Blingstein writes in, seems like there were a ton of burger trends in the last 10 years, more so than in 10 years before that. What does the burger look like over the next 10 years? I believe there's going to be a, uh, a <laughs> thinning, put it that way, of all those things happening. There's already, there's already pushback against stunt burgers. Uh, there's already a pushback even against smash burgers, which I think is ridiculous. Because smash burgers, people think that, oh, I was standing next to a guy talking to his girlfriend the other day, and he was, or wherever she was, and he was saying, uh, oh, the smash burger thing is a, it's a trend, it's a new thing. <laughs> I want to smack the guy. Yeah. You know, he, doesn't, he had no sense of history or, uh, or any pride about the American hamburger and where that may have come from. And we know at this point it's over 100 years old for sure. Um, so... We'll see. I, I do believe that the Smashburger trend will fade, but the Smashburger itself will stick around. It's been around anyway for a long time. So I've never had your the the, the Oklahoma style onion Smashburger that you have. I've had so many people come to me like, "Have you had George's Burger?" One of the things I'm like, "No." Do they talk? Like I haven't been to. Like, yeah, they always do. I think I've never been to wherever Aspen or wherever you were freaking doing them. Like you know when you first started pushing that crap because I don't get invited to that anymore. Crap, what do you mean? Stuff, good stuff. Come on, man. Or like, but like everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah." You know, people like food editors are like, "Have you?" Had it? Have you had them? No. So like, uh, I, should one, I, should, I should have it, huh? Yeah. So it's that you, that yeah. to you, that's the money burger. Well, to me, the onions are for pretty much the, they are probably the very first condiment. And so to me, I'm not just making this burger because it tastes great, which it does, by the way, but it is a bit of a science experiment based on very few ingredients. There's only five ingredients in the burger. It's basically beef, uh, cheese, bun, onion, salt, and that's it. And somehow, no some weird science, no pepper, some weird science goes on there where the beef fat mixes with the rendered onion onion juice and some thyme. And you, yeah, there it is. I can hear it. Yeah, <laughs> time, 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 the unit of measure, not time, the spice. Right, time, yeah. the unit of measure. Yeah, yeah. definitely don't put any time in there. Yeah. But you put in, you put in the time yeah. to cook it slowly, but not thyme. Not yeah. thyme. Yeah. Yeah. And it cooks at a very, very specific pace. It's mm. slow. It's not a, not a fast, not a, not a sh- sh- fast right. cooker. Well, a lot yeah. of the burgers actually, you give timings, and it's interesting. I'm sure right. they're based on observation of what they're doing, but they're longer than I would expect on a lot of these cases. It's true. Yeah, a lot of the, the book is based on method, not on toppings. I would like to tell people that you know this. You can buy any burger book out there, and it's going to show you what toppings to put on to make it a Tex-Mex burger or Hawaiian. 
Weinberger, you know. Yeah, yeah. But the reality is that these are all based on historically Spoiler, George wants you to go out and put pineapple rings on everything. I'm just kidding. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just effing with you. No. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's do a couple of method things before I, because we're going to run out of time. I want to rapid fire on some of these other, yeah. other burgers. One, uh, like all people who are thinking people, you in general don't, salt until the till the very end but you usually only salt one side even on like a thing i've always been a two salt or when i do like a, a you know uh a ball i'll like kind of roll it in salt right before i smash it but you only do the one side do you not like a salty burger do you post salt you don't salt on the flip either right so on your onion burger it's like you salt you you salt no smash salt onion flip right that's no, what you know wait, wait close it's usually i put the ball down salt the ball right and, and the then, golf ball size of right. onion. And then onions on top of that. Yeah. And then I smash the whole thing together. Right. So also what happens is the salt kind of goes around the outside. It right. ends up in sort of – what happens – I make a lot of burgers at a time. Like I'll right. do an event. I'll make 18 burgers in the griddle at every single every, – every 10, 15 mm. minutes or so. So what happens is that environment becomes – Gets salty. Right. It's, it's almost like – it's like the steamed cheeseburger. I mean you have this – you have to have the environment going to uh. make the best burgers. And a little bit of the onions from before to get on the next burger? No, they're all scraped off. All right. But still, but the the, the salt – salt from one patty ends up on the other patty and it all gets mixed up. It's I think it's just sort of a, a science experiment that works somehow. Uh-huh. So, but I, I only salt once. I don't and salt that's twice. a non-toasted bun, that one. That's exactly right. So I like to call it letting it ride, yeah, which yeah. is where the burger bun sits on top of the flip patty. Both of them. Both of them on top of each other. Well, it's just so you know where you don't have to lose, you don't right. lose the bottom somewhere. Right, but, you, but you say it also <laughs> like, helps it. It does it help. It softens so up the bottom. Definitely sell both both sides. Yeah. Um, the bottom, you don't want to have too soft because it'll fall apart. The top, you want to have soft for sure so you're not no. toasting it at all. Mm-hmm. my burger, I don't toast it. So there's all that beef steam is rising up and it's being stopped by by the bun. Is that your next band, Beef Steam? Beef, beef Steam, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Another thing I find interesting is that you're a fan of the loose bowl scoop for non-compression reasons, but then you do it even when you're going to smash the burger. Why? Just more of the monk stuff? More of the just, this is the way I do? No, exactly. Maybe it's more of the monk stuff, but it's it's for portioning. So if I'm making a lot, if I'm making a hundred burgers, I want to make sure I've got all they're all the same size. Right. So we, it doesn't actually. In other words, like I'm not damaging the meat by like hard packing. If I'm hard packing into a scoop, if I'm doing hard pack draw drop, I'm not gonna I'm not messing it up. If I'm gonna smash it anyway, define, in your opinion, d- define hard. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like if you're giving, it, Josh, giving you know, it Josh Zersky used to like worry the hell about it. He either wanted the burgers oh, yeah. so freaking loose. That they were basically untenable, yeah. or he wanted them smashed till they were till they were dead. You exactly. I mean? uh, but you, this, I mean, so much has changed in the, in the understanding of how to make a smash burger since then. Right. Love Josh. Josh. Yeah. Josh is a Josh is a good friend of mine. Josh, by the way, he used to have. He told me he said, "I have your your book by my bedside." Uh, I read it every night before I go to bed. Yeah, it's <laughs> odd. Yeah. I like that. It's only pictures. I don't know. Yeah, so, uh, so another uh, question on a technique about going back to the salt. Anyway, as we said before, if you salt and if you then mix, you're the devil, right? Obviously, well, because it turns into meatloaf. Yeah, it's not good for the meatloaf. Yeah, but you are very careful about not putting salt onto the last minute for it not getting tough. Except teriyaki burgers, obviously soaked in yeah, salt. So exactly. how does that taste? Okay, the teriyaki burger, which is in the book, is I, talk to, I like to tell people it's the ho- most difficult, it's the hardest burger to make in the book because mm-hmm. it involves method and involves you know making sauces and, and marinating. It's very difficult. But again, I'm just again I'm a steward to history. My but job it, is to make sure we get it right. They, you think they taste good? They don't taste like meatloaf. They're not tough. No, no, they're, yeah. they're, See, they're not tough because they're marinated. But they're, they're mar- right. Yeah. So my point is, is that can you salt it beforehand? As long as you don't manipulate. As soon as you manipulate salted meat, yeah, it gets te- it gets. 
Anyway. Yeah, I just do it because that's the way that they do it. Well, the Cuban, uh, the, the burger from Miami with the chorizo spices, interesting. Is that the way they actually do it? They put just the spices, no salt on the inside of the meat? Or were you like, oh, hell no, I'm not putting any salt on the inside? Do they use actual chorizo? They don't know. They use chorizo spices. So it's paprika right. and it's garlic. But no and salt sort of and salt on the outside. I don't know. Yeah. That's th- I, w- I think I did salt on the outside of mine. I'm yeah. not sure the salt in the mix. There's not. There's not. not. Well, in, in your here, book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I probably tested it was too much. My All right. Guess. Now, uh, People need a trick to not have burgers stick to the spatula when they do the smash. What is the magic? And now onions, I'm sure, help. But like, for instance, the the uh, the fried cheeseburger is that any good? The grease, the 90 year old grease burger from Dyer's. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's wonderful. Is it? Yeah, I do. Actually, it is a great burger. It's a great hamburger experience. Pounded out and then uh, dropped into uh, you know deep into grease. Well, beef beef tallow. Grease on grease on grease. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how the heck that doesn't stick to their spatula because they don't have parchment like protection or anything like that. Right. But like, I use parchment in my house when I smash because I'm terrified of it sticking right. to my spatula. What What do you got for me? Well, the parchment parchment's great if you have a small pan. You can't. You have no. You have no place to go. If you. What I'm saying is, if you actually do have a place to go, if you put the spatula on the flat top and you move it around a bit. And get it hot, and then smash the burger because yeah. a hot spatula won't stick to the beef. Oh, because it's the grease cold. lubricates it. It's cold on cold. Ah, yeah. there you go. So this is a tip. If you've gotten nothing else out of this show, all right. Now, in the next two minutes and thirty seconds, let's go. Oh, by the way, next week we have uh, the Tropical Standard crew on for so get your uh, get your tropical drink questions in. Uh, we're not going to have time to make fun of Barberton Chicken. I apologize. I'm going to have to ask you these <laughs> things. Uh, okay. Um, poached burgers at Pete's, Wisconsin. Now, yes. you have a recipe for this. For those of you that don't know, I'll give you the real quick. It's a big pan of water with a pile of onions in it, and then you're basically putting, you're smashing the burger into the water. Yeah. And so it's like part panned, but part poached. It good? Oh, fantastic. What if you used like French onion soup mix as your, as your poaching base? You'd probably be too salty, but... <laughs> like, yeah. Other than the salt, like if you didn't salt it too much, in other words, like well, there's lots of salt in onion soup mix. Well, I mean, yeah. in other words, All what if you made an onion broth? Because it, like part of the thing about pizza is they're making a billion of them a day, so yeah. by the time the thing is done, it's onion broth. Yeah, yeah. And you even say the second, third is going to be better. But what about you pre-make it? Yeah, like, um, I once drank some hot dog water. Fantastic. Tastes like hot dogs. Tastes like hot dogs. Sure, exactly. Yeah. So that's why it tastes so great. Is yeah, that one of the burgers to try, though? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great burger. All right. So you can read about how to make that in uh, in the Juicy Lucy. You give some tricks for them not to have the cheese explode in your face? Yes, it's true. There is some science to that, is that yeah. they will explode in your face if you don't poke little holes in the yeah. top. Yeah, toothpick, toothpick. Uh... All right, now, the Goober Burger with peanut butter. I now want to try this. It's good, the melted peanut butter? Oh, yeah, salty goodness. And then the Fluff the, the fluff Screamer is hot sauce and meat, a meat-based hot sauce, which is similar to Rochester's quote-unquote hot sauce. It's a hot dog's ground up with spice. Hot dogs, yeah. A hot dog's ground up with spice. Cold country. Uh, with marshmallow fluff on it. What about the combination? Would it work? The fluffer nutter burger? Have you tried it? It would work. It would, it would be amazing, actually, because the fluff turns off the heat in the hot sauce. The hot sauce alone, the screamer sauce, is very freaking hot. Uh, also, but the fluff turns it off. You don't put cheese on a bacon avocado burger? That's like the standard in my house. You hate it? The, the look on your face, yeah. like, it's like. <laughs> The look on your face. That's, that's like a tuna milkshake. I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, talk to me a little bit. We have very little time left. Gargiulo's Burger at uh, at Brennan and Carr. Is this something that, I've never been there. Is it worth getting on the subway and scraping oh, my butt out there? Oh, yeah. it's all. Every, they make everything in-house. It's all fresh. It's fantastic. So, I usually get a cup of broth to go. It's, it's halfway between a French dip and a hamburger? Basically, yeah. 
And it's money? It's awesome. It's amazing, yeah. Right. Make sure you get the onions. All right, right. And uh, last but not least, I think the, the swine and cheese in Houston. Do you know my butcher, who was from Staten Island, in the 90s used to grind bacon into my hamburger meat for me. I would have him grind it, and he used to do it. Just that was his special thing. Yeah, it so, works. Yeah. yeah. But, but in other words, like, I, I didn't know that it was a... Uh, I didn't know that there was an uncommon thing. Yeah, it was a friend of mine on the West Coast is doing it for his burgers. Uh, Mark Tripp, he's doing his, his he sells burgers, uh, you know, pop up on the street, and yeah. he's doing a he does a, a blend of bacon in his meat. Beef. Yeah, my, it's fantastic. My butcher always used to be like, uh, I shouldn't really do it because I'm contaminating my my uh, grinder, but uh, my hell with it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's from Staten Island. Okay, uh, last thing. The slug burger with the breadcrumbs. Do I need to try this? So it's a, a Mississippi-based. Oh, yes. And it's a four-to-one. I did the math. It's a four-to-one, four beef, one breadcrumb. Mix it in. No salt, obviously. Mix it in so the breadcrumbs are all in the meat mix. Yeah. But it's not a meatloaf alloyed. It's an actual burger. Well, because you're smashing it thin. It's a thin patty. So what's happening is the grease is soaking up into those breadcrumbs and crisping up. It is an absolutely perfect hamburger experience. All right, so that's one to try at home. Oh, yeah. That's, that's also super easy. So if you want to make any of these burgers, please go get uh, the Great American Burger Book Expanded and Updated Edition uh, from George Motes. We're super happy to have you on. I'll answer the rest of you guys' questions about, like, waffle irons and whatnot next week. Cooking Issues, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me.